You're listening to the Dworkin Report. I'm your host, Scott Dworkin. My guest today is Kristen Urquiza, who gave a moving speech at the Democratic National Convention about the tragic loss of her father due to COVID-19. Hers is a story of a Latino family living in Arizona and a parent who listened to the elected authority figures in her state, primarily Republican Governor Doug Ducey and Donald Trump. Mark Anthony Urquiza. Mark Anthony Urquiza passed away at the age of 65 from COVID-19. His friends called him Blackjack because he was a card player. But his heart failed 19 days after he got sick. Mark Urquiza, a person with no underlying physical health conditions, many of whose close relatives have lived into their 90s, Kristen issued an obituary for her father that went viral. The Arizona Republic reported on it. In just a short amount of time, she had to speak to the American public. She conveyed the pathos and the pain of the one thing she believes most firmly that took her father away prematurely. This is a story about her dad. It was a truly a privilege to get to speak with Kristen about her profoundly personal, but also profoundly important to the American public too. It takes courage and outrage to share such a personal tragedy with the world. And that's why it was my privilege to speak with her about her dad. Take a listen. I'm here with Kristen Urquiza, who told the tragic story about the loss of her father, Mark Arquiza, to COVID-19 at the 2020 Democratic Convention. Kristen, thank you so much for joining me. How are you? Thanks for having me, You're... Scott. It's a big week. I'm doing okay right now. In your speech at this week's convention, the, the virtual convention, you know, it really set the political world on fire for its bluntness, uh, truth, and candor. Uh, can you start by maybe telling our listeners a bit about where you grew up, where you're at now, and what drew you into the political arena this year? Sure. Um, I grew up in a, a part of Phoenix, Arizona called Maryville. Um, Maryville is uh, mostly Hispanic, 70% Hispanic, mostly immigrant, uh, folks who live around the poverty line, uh, really humble beginnings. And that's where my parents uh, both both still lived and my mother still lives. Um, you know, I went away to college, um, lived in many parts of the country working on, uh, environmental issues. I care really passionately about that and, uh, have most recently been living in, uh, San Francisco where I just graduated from UC Berkeley's, uh, policy. Ah, well, that's, a. I think my, friend went there but we'll talk about that later but that's sure. a, that's a great school I, I love san francisco for people who do not know you and do not know what put you in the limelight per se if you would like to explain exactly sure. what happened and led you to the convention uh, speech my father tragically uh, passed away from covid19 on june 30th uh, he 
um, you know, was an otherwise healthy 65 year old guy who, um, you know, had been following the orders of shelter in place, uh, wearing masks, practicing social distancing. But when uh, the president forced us to reopen in May and then subsequently governors like Arizona's Doug Ducey and Texas's Governor Abbott and DeSantis in Florida kind of ran with that reopening um, and ran with it with a, a media blitz about saying we're on the other side of the pandemic. It's safe to be out there. If you don't have an underlying health condition, you know, get out there, go shop being meet up folks. My dad listened. My dad was a Trump supporter. Um, he had voted for the governor and we're told in times of crisis when we should listen to our leaders. And that's what my father did. And it was a death sentence to him. When my father passed away, I, I wrote an obituary. Um, and in that obituary, I said that, you know, his death was preventable and that it was the fault of politicians who continue to undermine and deprioritize the health of uh, people of color in particular, um, and that it shouldn't have happened. And that's what kind of got me on this road of, of being more in the spotlight. This episode of the Dworkin Report is brought to you by Resistors Like You. We aim to keep this show independent for as long as we can. Visit DworkinReport.com to see how you can help out. One of the best ways is by hitting that contribute button in the top right and giving what you can. Thanks again for your support. Let's get back to the show. How old was your dad? He was 65. He, um, my aunts and uncles, he was the oldest of, of six. Um, to give you some context of our family, though, my grandfather lived to be 92. We have a great aunt who's 90. We have another cousin who's 96. So my father, by no stretch of the imagination, either through actions or, or, or age, considered himself old um, by any means. Our family lives to be very, very long, very long aged. And so, you know, when 65 is sort of this cutting point in my and my dad never had any health issues. He never considered himself a person who was, you know, in a nursing, you know, struggling um, to be in that risk category. Right. Um, and you had uh, you had mentioned Governor Ducey, Arizona's governor. Um, you had you had invited him to your dad's funeral as, as part, and I saw he he did not attend. Did he ever respond or publicly say anything about? Um, your your pops or the situation in, in Arizona in response to you? So, yeah, I did invite the governor to my dad's funeral, which he didn't attend. I, after my dad's funeral, um, held a vigil at the state capitol um, as well. And, you know, the only response I've gotten to um, from my from the governor about my father's passing is a statement he released to a, a Washington Post report where he said something to the extent of my heart goes out to the family of Kristen Urquiza and others lost from COVID, which I don't need his heart. I need him to act. I need him to do his job and recognize that his decisions are costing human lives. Like, this is just, this is a crisis and the people in charge are not responding to this as a crisis. Right now we're, you know, seeing over a thousand people die every single day. That, to put that in context, in recent crises, at 9-11 we lost 3,000 people in one day. 
This is a 9-11 every three days. And our president is golfing. That That is said eloquently there because um, I think he's golfing this weekend again, um, Saturday and Sunday. And so he only, it's, it's the laziest person that I've ever, politician that I've ever seen. Um, and I, and I don't understand why people still support him. Um, but you know, that does exist. Uh, you, you did have, uh, did you, do you think that, think, speaking of his supporters, did you think that those 25 words in the middle of your speech about your dad's only pre-existing condition being a Trump voter would cause such a stir, you know? I, you know, I, I, I knew it was a powerful line and, you know, directly saying to a TV camera that, you know, the president is responsible for my father's death. I didn't expect it to be a standout moment within the context of the first day and have my name being muttered in the same sentence as Michelle Obama's, for example. Um, but the other thing too, that, you know, for me in my speech was really important was talking about the two Americas, um, the one that the president lives in and the one that my father died in. And for me, part of what's, you know, happened over the course of the last several weeks is so many people, mostly people of color coming forward and saying, this is ravaging my community and we need help. Can you help me? This pandemic has not, this pandemic has exposed the structural issues that we have had for so many years. And, you know, my, my, the Latinx community, my community, black community, indigenous community, others are, are cost of our, our, of this terrible response. And it's just not okay. What's, um, what's something you want the world to know about your dad? I love that question. Um, my dad was a very generous individual. Uh, I grew up in Arizona. He lived in Arizona. Uh, he, he was the guy that a friend of a friend would call in the middle of the summer. when it was like 115 degrees to ask to help move a piece of furniture. My dad would always say yes. Nobody does that. <laughs> but that gives you an idea of just kind of the guy my dad was. Is there uh, any memory from your childhood that comes to mind? Yes. Um, two things that I still love dearly are the night sky and music. And I can remember the very first time I heard music was whenever my dad put earphones on uh, my head as a little girl. It was probably like a, a year and a half for two years old. I can remember, I'm sure I had heard music before, but it was the first time I could feel music. And I always associate music and my dad was a lover of music um, from that moment. But he was also the first person who took me out into the middle of the desert with a beat up, uh, you know, telescope and started to point out planets to me and talk about how, you know, we're so lucky to be alive in this moment. And there's so much that we don't know and that we should cherish our life while we are, we're here. And, um, we, when it comes to the coronavirus in general, um, what would you say to those who aren't taking it seriously right now to those who won't wear a mask? Um, what what do you say to people who call COVID-19 a hoax like Trump has done? 
You know, I just think that for some people, they're never going to take it seriously until unfortunately it lands on their doorstep. I'm much more interested in mobilizing the people who believe, who have been doing their jobs to practice social distancing and protect their communities, mobilizing that people, which is by disproportionately a majority of us to stand up and fight for the folks who are too scared to fight for themselves. Uh, for example, earlier this week on Tuesday, President Trump met with Doug Ducey at a rally in, in Yuma, Arizona, which is one of the hot spots right now for coronavirus. Looking out into the crowd, I don't know, 15%, 20% of people were wearing masks. Even though these are the same people that would call me disgusting names, my heart was breaking for them because they are vulnerable and people from that rally, just like Herman Cain, are going to die. Donald Trump only cares about Donald Trump. He doesn't even care about the people that support him. Um, so I see it as, as my responsibility to mobilize everyone who uh, does believe in science, who does want to take this seriously, focus my energy on getting us to be active and outspoken so that we can make sure that everyone is protected with better policies and better leadership. And what can people do to help honor your father's memory? Um, we're building a movement. Um, I've launched an organization with my partner called Marked by COVID. Um, go to our website, markedbycovid.com, uh, backslash sign up. You get updates from us and other ways to, to get involved. Um, we're growing rapidly. And I mean, this is the fight for our lives. We need everybody to push their comfort zone to protect one another. Listen, I'm a really shy person. I do not like to talk about how I feel. And if I can do this, then like we can all find something extra to take on and do to protect ourselves and protect our country. I hope you run for office someday. Not putting any ideas out there. I'm just saying I hope you do because we need more people like you. In Congress, in Congress specifically. I'm just saying, if you do, give me a buzz. Um, but it's, All it's, right, Scott, I appreciate the endorsement. <laughs> absolutely. Is there, is there, so, so with your organization, um, you know, what, what, what is there that people can do to, uh, not just help your organization, but help spread the messages of how serious this is without, I mean, people say, Oh, this is scary. Then they politicize it or whatever. And I was doing the same thing. Like I was like, cancel the rallies. Like these people are going to get sick and you're like, and t technically via statistics, like, yeah, people there are going to die directly due to being there because people in that building have it. Like it is just, it's impossible for them not to. So like, what is it? Um, what is it that people can do after they after they sign up? Like, what is it that you guys uh, can drive for now? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one of the things that we're doing is is collecting stories and highlighting it. And, and this is not just for folks who have lost a loved one. Um, this actually goes back to what we were talking about earlier. Others marked by COVID or impacted by COVID. Um, we chose that name not only because it was a nod to my father, whose name was Mark, but because we wanted to create a space where people who have been impacted 
impacted by COVID in a myriad of ways could come forward and share their stories and so that we could elevate those stories to help really personify this terrible pandemic um, and not only those that we have lost, but those that we stand to look stand to lose and people who are survivors and recovering teachers who are on the front lines. And so I think right now, uh, one of the best ways in addition to getting involved with us and sharing your story is starting to share your story with the community, your broader community. I think part of what I've been inspired by throughout my entire life is the power of collective action. When we come forward with our authentic voice and have a little bit of vulnerability, we build incredible bridges where there may have been, you know, landmines before. And what I have seen in my own activism over the course of the last several weeks is that by and large, people want to connect with one another and want to help one another out. Um, so come forward, share your story and see where that takes you. It's markbycovid.com slash sign up. Do it right now. It'll be in the episode's notes. Uh, Kristen, my heart goes out to you. Thank you, Scott. And, it was so good to meet you and have and this conversation. Family. Thank you very much. I want to thank Kristen Urquiza for joining me. I want to thank our producer, Grant Stern. You can follow him on Twitter at Grant Stern. If you want to find out more about Biden and Harris, you can go to meetthecandidates2020.com. You can visit our website at dworkingreport.com. Thanks again for listening. Keep resisting. Wear masks. Almost there. Let's finish strong and sprint through the finish. Onward!